it's nice to have you everybody i invite you to hit that like button share this stream and uh participate i got a bunch of questions from you guys uh from from also richard hart's twitter from my twitter from this chat so we're going to be asking about some really great questions i think you, you guys are going to enjoy the stream because richard's always been a fascinating guest i've enjoyed watching he had a great interview with roger veer it was like a debate actually which was a little diff different than the one that i did and also ivan on tech so some of the questions we have today i think are going to be pretty pressing for what's happening right now and probably your lives and, and in the cryptocurrency community as a whole and some that have nothing to do with cryptocurrency but uh would you like to introduce yourself richard real quick in your own sure. words for everybody who might not know who you are yeah i'm richard hart um an old old gangster og bitcoin maximalist guy until i switched to maximalish i still don't like most coins but i know that we need more than just bitcoin to do stuff that needs done um used to mine in 2011 uh when video cards just came out to be able to mine. Um, what else? <coughs> I'm a retired serial entrepreneur. I've had 150 employees, 10 different businesses, lived in a hotel for five years, traveling the entire world, uh, did martial arts three years, had, wrote a book. It's free. You can download it. It's called SciVive. It's just an outline now, but if you're a smart dude, it's enough for you. And uh, I've got my own cryptocurrency coming out in two months. It's a fork of Bitcoin on Ethereum, and uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit about the fork for sure. But you, I didn't know you were into mining early on. So yeah. how come you? Well, how did how did you find out about mining? And did you I, have crypto before that? I started watching the the whole Bitcoin thing when it was a dollar on Reddit because I'd read Reddit every day because I was retired. So there's nothing else to do. I'd just read Reddit all day every day, and uh, you know I didn't really like get in until I saw the Wired article. At around like 10 to 14 bucks and it spiked up to about 31 and then it dropped down to one over the next couple months so i got to like buy the 30 top and sit through the one dollar bottom so i only lost like 99 percent of my <laughs> my fucking oh, so like, this isn't new to you <laughs> no, these drops yeah these the dips they keep coming and they'll probably keep on coming for a while like it's just the nature of all low market cap speculative things pretty much yeah, I, people are getting scared now with what happened with that ETF decision, actually. So I'm seeing the chat. People are, are, are scared. What's going how, on with how that? How much man? do you tweet? Do you tweet a lot? I tweet, yeah. I sent my followers your, like, your Twitter so they could follow. I tweet a lot. Like, I have 50K subs on, on Twitter, and I have, like, 35K on YouTube. So I think my Twitter is, like, more exciting than, than anything else I do, probably. Yeah, so definitely check out Rich. What, what's your Twitter? It's a little different. Richard, Richard Hart something. Richard Hart Win. I think Wynn. you've got more subs on on YouTube than Twitter by like four X or something. I think you got like one hundred thirty k YouTube. Yeah, I feel like I never got into Twitter until like recently. Like I, I just like literally I never really used it. I was always into Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. But then one day I just opened up Twitter and I had a shit ton of followers, and I was like, cool. I actually appreciate just saying whatever I want to say right now. So you're right. I probably tweet more actively now there than i even make videos on youtube because i don't have the time to cover every single article or everything but yeah i think i have about 30 like yeah like 30k people on twitter and 115k on youtube i think youtube is better because the content has more lasting value like you'll still get results from search but in twitter like once you tweet no one's going back and checking that unless you've screwed up your life like, no <laughs> one's going back and checking your historic tweets unless they're trying to fuck you up so Probably your okay. YouTube investment's worth more than your Twitter investment is my guess. Yeah, it, it, it definitely 
can reward you a little bit better. Although I'm sure there are paid tweets that exist exist out there. People do that for sponsorship. You probably need to get to like the 100k level when that happens, or I guess like John McAfee level. Crazy level, <laughs> crazy mode, bath yeah. salts mode. <laughs> Bath salts. Yeah, uh, you, you came from Florida too. I, I grew up in Miami, right? So that was where the whole bath salts craze kind of started. <laughs> Florida still sucks, dude. I mean, it's still insane. Like, it, if you want to get your face eaten, there's no better place to try and make that happen than <laughs> South Florida. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a trade-off for for no state taxes, I guess. At the end of it. It's got to so, be so some other a... state that's like that. There's got to be another one. Yeah, I, I think so. People people go for the beach weather, but then they find the humidity. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad here in, in L.A., I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed the switch over like two years ago. It's not bad. So uh, let me get into some of the questions here. I have a, a bunch of questions. So the first one, let's, let's – I don't know. People are still interested in talking about the Bcash fork. These questions are going to sure. be out of order. They're going to be interesting, I think. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that Bcash fork. I guess it's still on people's minds. What do you think about what happened with how maybe Bitcoin Cash – forked away from bitcoin and how that happened afterwards you think it was done properly or any feelings so, yeah so people want control and if you're so i respect roger i respect a lot of his political views we probably agree a lot more on things than we disagree um you know he wasn't happy to see bitcoin become a settlement layer um and you know have high transaction fees and he thinks that the solution to that is by having bigger blocks and he just ignores all the downsides to the bigger blocks which is centralization so if your blocks get so large that you need really really good connectivity and really really good computing to handle them then you become more centralized then you become less resilient to attack from sensors which is the whole game right like we had liberty Res liberty reserve liberty dollar we had e-gold we had these things that worked just fine until they got shut down because they were centralized. And so Bitcoin works and has utility and value because it's decentralized and hard to attack. And when you just make the blocks bigger, you make it easier to attack. So it's much easier to kill the Bcash network because they've got you know fewer nodes, their nodes are controlled by fewer people, and they've got more capacity that no one needs. Like the blocks are full, the, the blocks are empty right now. Crypto doesn't actually have adoption. No one is actually using this stuff to the degree where they have to compete for block space and increase fees. Now for a very short period of time, the blocks were full and the prices did go up. And as you saw, it didn't last and now the blocks are empty again. So what we need, it's just like, it's just like saving Africa. Africans don't need new ways to spend money they don't have, they need money. We don't need more capacity to avoid full blocks. We need more people to actually fill up the blocks. Like that's the problem we have right now. It's an adoption problem. So I'm not okay with Bcash having tried to defect the miners over to their project and reducing the security of the real coin, or having a smaller, crappier development team. Uh, they don't even use GitHub. They use their own weird versioning system, um, which... Glimmer or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they did a lot of stuff wrong, but that's fine. I mean, they're an altcoin. So if you're going to be an altcoin, like I'm building an altcoin, you can be an altcoin and just be honest about what you're doing and don't try and tout Satoshi's vision against like his actual roadmap. Like his actual roadmap was that there would be a settlement layer and then faster layers. And then that's it. He's like, you know, and his statement was verbatim or close enough to verbatim. You could Google it. Not everyone runs their own email server, period. Like that's the end of the story. Like, you know, there's supposed to be multiple tiers. It's not all supposed to be one tier. It just life doesn't work like that. Right. You've got a fast car. 
you've got a scooter, you've got roller skates, you've got space shuttle. You know, we have these different versions of, of you know, speed and cost, and you don't want to use a space shuttle for everything. You don't want to use a space shuttle to buy your groceries. It's stupid. You know, you don't want your settlement layer to have gigantic blocks that, like, no one can participate in. Yeah, and I, I just finished reading actually an article by Gavin Andreessen that was written years ago about UTXOs and uh, unspent transactions and how it was climbing uh, at a huge rate, something like 50% in that year it had climbed. And that meant obviously more memory to fill up the blocks. Yep. And Moore's Law, which is a big argument that you know bigger blockers have, does not move at the same speed. So the fact that hard drives are getting cheaper or faster only accounted for about 20% of that. So it's going to get to the point where it was going to be like something like $6,000 just for, just for buying some hardware to be able to download the full block. So that would definitely push a lot of people like in Africa from being able to participate. Yeah. And I can see how that might lead to centralization. And I appreciate yeah. you talking about it just after I had Roger kind of sharing the good light about, um, you know, bigger blocks and you taking the other sure. side of the argument. So if you if you want to see the other side of big blocks, like Luke Jr. thinks that the blocks are already too big, and he's got, you know, some, he's a little crazy in a lot of ways, but maybe his math supports that we're already in riskville as far as centralization goes. Um, and then my my like simple like thing to say why you can't just have the biggest blocks is there's infinite demand for free storage. So if you have extremely cheap blocks, then you're doing extremely cheap data storage then I will fill that up and just put my home movies on it and your blocks will become more expensive because you're replicating that data across thousands of computers. So anytime you have really cheap blocks, I'll put my home movies on it and fuck your network. Like, I shoot 4K, dude. So, I mean, this shoots 100 megabits a second to shoot this video. So, like, you can't have giant blocks forever. It just doesn't work. Is there any... Uh reason you think it might work actually having bigger blocks or where you, you can always, always you can always blocks. have bigger blocks as long as it kind of scales with technology like that's fine but you can't you can't make them so big so quickly like you, in theory the adoption the increased adoption of crypto should outpace the increased speed of networks which is what we're kind of limited by it's not it's not just increased like network bandwidth it's also latency and they're different it's too complicated to explain the difference between like jitter and latency and bandwidth. It's it's harder stuff to explain. Yeah. Do you? But you don't think that maybe just doubling the block size would we have did. been enough? We did that. We did double the block size. We went. Well, not not technically. It was just like it it, it was all, it was pretty much a two x increase in what could fit, but it wasn't a direct like megabyte block size increase. If that's what you're. There meaning. was actually though, like the yeah the weight. The weighting was changed so that not only did you get increases from using SegWit, but the actual blocks just got bigger as well. I can't remember the exact math right now, but the blocks did increase in size, and that was always on the roadmap anyway. So yeah. increased block sizes has been on the core devs roadmap forever, and it will always will be. Like it's just, it's pretty smart to do. You just do it after you get efficiency. Efficiency, you know, TikTok. It's just like Intel. IPC increases in speed, die shrink. Increase the speed, die shrink. And now they've kind of got like a three-phase tick-tock-tock kind of thing. But I, I, I just got a huge uh, 
question and donation. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you from Scotty doesn't does know 328. Thank you, Scotty. He says, huge fan of both you guys. Question for Mr. Hart. When an ETF does finally come, whatever that is, do you believe that it will be a catalyst like what an ETF did for gold? Will it take one or two years for the huge wave to come like when the gold ETF came out? Will it be faster or maybe it won't help at all? You know, supposedly markets don't uh, do the same thing again, but what they do rhymes. So when the gold ETF came out, or not ETF, but futures came out 40, 30, whatever many years ago, there was a big price pump, and then it dumped, and it dumped for a long time, and then gold never really, never really did what tech stock did, never really did what like a lot of other assets did. And there's a lot of people that believe that futures that don't require physical, physical settlement, uh, or if they did require physical settlement, like most parties would just get bankrupted because there's just not enough of the physical to go around. You know, if those rumors are true, then you could just suppress Bitcoin price using these different instruments if reality just kind of turns out that way. Um, you could also just get crazy price pump forever. But I mean, like, look what happened with futures, right? We got in before Wall Street did, you know, the early adopters. And then the theory was Wall Street was going to get in before Main Street because Wall Street would get futures and then the ETFs would buy the futures or the underlying. And then uh, you'd be able to put it in your normal 401k retirement fund, things like that. But that didn't happen, right? Like very few people trade the contracts. The last time I checked 30 days ago, I think there was 2,200 actual users of the CME futures product. I read they have only 2.5% the volume of silver Right. 20% of palladiums. Right. So like, you know, the adoption's not there. So now the market's there and the price is still high. I mean, I was telling everyone to go, get long at 3000 uh, publicly, maybe even earlier. Um, and, you know, now we're at 8000 Well, that's good. I mean, that's still a heck of an increase, right? But the, like, the adoption's not there. You know, like uh, E-Trade turned on their trading. Not many people are doing it. Uh, that uh, the other one that gamifies the stock trading I can't remember what they're called right now they've got a very successful app um, they don't even like deliver the actual underlying they're just Robinhood like, Robinhood yeah I think they're all like contract for difference kind of like virtualized stuff like eToro kind of thing and uh, you know the adoption is just not there right like there's a hundred million daily users of Clash of Clans video game there's 5 million total Bitcoin wallets with over $100. What? I mean, there's just no adoption. So maybe one day it'll come and maybe the ETF will do it. But I don't know why they don't just keep rejecting it like they have been. So until someone shows me that they're just not going to do ETF tonight again, like they did today to the Winklevosses, um, you know, I'm not going to just dream. Like I dreamed that Ledger X was going to be amazing and they were going to turn Bitcoin options on and then they just never did any volume. And my, my premise there sucked, right? Like the institutions didn't buy much in the way of options from Ledger X. You can go to uh, something.ledgerx and actually just see their volume. Let me look real hmm. quick. It's probably in my uh, yeah. autocomplete. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe ETF makes us pump, but... Maybe that was the two-week pump that we just had, you know. Um, 
Yeah, do you think that now that, that the appeal decision from the Winklevoss twins got denied, that maybe that would start? Maybe the, you, you, you actually, before the interview, said maybe this is a, ca- a dead cat bounce that we just saw. Yeah. Do you think that's the case and it'll continue south? So the ETF, the ETF decision basically comes down to people, people that are bullish say that the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, is more likely to approve the CBOE's uh, version of an ETF because they're already known counterparty than a new counterparty through Gemini's Winklevoss. Yeah, yeah. So and they have a futures uh, product already on there. Right. Working. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's true. Um, maybe it's not. You know, this is the risk of things that aren't voted upon. It's like a regulator decides, and that guy just decides whichever way he likes, and you don't ha- really have a lot of ways to to remedy his decision, right? I guess you, I guess you can uh, appeal it to the same guy again. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure that like appealing to the same guy again matters, or, or maybe I'm misunderstanding the process, but I think that's how it works. Um, so with the dead cat bounce, look at the chart. So we dropped from 20K to, you know, 10K. And then we bounced. And then we, we bounced up to 17 at some point. So that was like a 70%, right? And then we dropped to 6K and got up to about 12K, 11.7. Okay, that's a 100% bounce, right? And so our bounces have been getting smaller. And our dumps have been getting smaller. So... That's what a dead pet cat bounce looks like. Every every drop gets smaller, but every bounce gets smaller too. And so, you know, you could have looked at the last bounce of fifty percent and said, okay, if this is a dead cat, it's likely that this next bounce we get from six K is smaller than fifty percent. I think I measured it, it was like fifty two percent, fifty three percent, and now we dumped four or five hundred bucks. So, you know, maybe maybe we go find new lows now if if the dead cat premise holds. I don't think I don't if if your bounces keep getting smaller and you can't get over the 200 day moving average and you believe that bear markets don't resolve themselves in 7 months then I don't see the reason to be long um bitcoin right now. You could dollar cost average in, you know, if you believe the bottom is 5 4 3 any of those numbers, you could average in from 6 to 3 and and, and hold, right? Because if you look, I checked it out yesterday, like the last bear market we had was 622 days, which is about 1.7 years. And uh, we've already done seven months of this bear market, which is about 210 days. So I mean, we've only got maybe a year of bear market left if, if it acts like the last one. And we've got more on-ramps now, so it might last less long. Or the futures could lean on us and just keep us dead forever. I don't know, like you have to just you wait and watch. Do you think that the bottoms uh, due to maybe just just like the market's technical analysis, or do you think that there are, like Trace Mayer says, hodlers of last resort and people who won't sell, and maybe that's the reason for the bottom? What do you think the bottom is and why? Well, so it's very easy to want to buy a thing that just keeps going up. It's very hard to want to buy a thing that just keeps going down. And we've been doing the keep going down thing pretty much for the last seven months, and it's just the direction the trend is going, which is why we can't get over the 200-day moving average. So I think once enough people have been burnt and hate crypto and, and bought the top and sold the bottom, and then all the bottom buyers have finally been wrecked, right? All the people that bought the dip, once, once the dip kept dipping and all those guys get wrecked, 
and once the search bottom the search volume has bottomed and everyone is just sick of it then there's just no sellers left and you get crazy price pumps again because it's truly limited in supply um so this will pump again and it will rip your face off unless this stupid narrative about the future is leaning on us is true which i don't think it is i I think we're more likely to pump than dump um it just takes time bear markets don't resolve themselves in seven months i don't think so you know it the bottom just comes when the sellers just stop selling pretty much you know when when they when they it's very hard to hold on to a thing that you just keep losing money on and then you just you capitulate at some point you can't take the pain anymore you can't be underwater any longer and just like fuck it let's stop the pain and uh once enough people do that we get to do bull market again it's my theory yeah i thought that that perhaps that had happened already um maybe that wasn't the case there are why, plenty of people like, still waiting I? on the sidelines why why do we keep going into the sixes what happened to 9000 vegeta memes what was wrong with 10000 wasn't bitcoin a good deal when it was half price right like what why couldn't we hold the 200 day moving average why like we can't we're not holding any supports i mean i guess people will point at the at the 6 6600 level as like a quadruple bottom and you're like well how many times do you want to test that bottom if you keep testing a thing, it fucking fails usually. Like, you know, keep testing your relationship and treating your partner poorly and see how long it lasts. Keep keep testing that 6600. You know, you're not supposed to get 10 chances to buy the bottom. It's, it's not how bottoms work usually. Hey, Nezzy had a good point here in the chat. He goes, I wouldn't be surprised if the Winklevi ETF was denied to ca crash the price uh, so that the last big players could get in before the CBO CBOE one gets approved. Interesting. Um, you know, tinfoil hat stuff. But yeah. There's like all these stupid theories. They don't have the volume behind them, right? They're like, you know, oh, the CME gaze dumped at us. And you're like, well, not much. I mean, look at the volume up at that 20K price. Like very few people got to sell that price. Very few people got to sell 20K because you can look at the volume bar at 20K and see, oh, there wasn't that much volume there. There's no magic way that you could have profited on it. You really had to be in that volume bar or you didn't get to do it. And I, I think you were kind of long at that time because I remember watching an interview where you were excited about the futures market possibility, but pretty much when it came out, the whole price went south. So how how did it feel going from that bullish position and interacting with your followers and how they felt about it to becoming more bearish? Do you Everybody, and still talking? Every every time there's a a buy the rumor sell the news event, you have to just wait and see what the market's going to do. It's, you can't try and guess what the market's going to do unless you own an exchange and. You can see how many wires you're getting in. And I don't own an exchange, so I don't have access to the information. Um, you know, I was speaking with a lot of traders at the time, and everyone was figuring out how to dump their crypto. Everyone was setting up exchange accounts and getting ready for the blow-off top and just guessing where the blow-off top would go because we were in a parabolic advance. And we've done these before. And there's always a blow-off top, and then there's a crash, and then there's a 75% retrace at some point. And that was everyone's game plan. And so, you know, a lot of people got long at 20K thinking we're going to break through. And that strategy worked when you broke 5K, broke 7K. Um, but the 20K, it didn't work. It didn't dump too hard. So it was more than enough time to get short at 17.5 uh, and ride it down to 10. So, like, Christmas was great, right? 20K Christmas. And then knowing that there was going to be a bluff top and knowing how to get positioned. And so I, I was super, super happy. And, in January, super happy. But then if you're used to buying dips, 
and you start violating 40% dips and you start doing 45s and 50s, you're like, oh, buying the dip gets you wrecked now. And you start giving back gains, right? So it's the opposite of normal. Yeah. Yeah. So like the bears that survived 2017 got to do great in 2018. And the bulls that did great in 2017 got to get their faces smashed in the first half of this year. Until now, people are pretty much tired of playing. Like, except for BitMEX, use my shill link. If you want to trade, use my shill link. You get a 10% discount. Um, except for BitMEX, which is doing a billion dollars of volume a day now, which is insane. Every other exchange is screwed. There's no volume. So, um, yeah, even Binance is finally beginning to like retread a little bit, losing yeah, it to BitMEX. Right. Yeah, every, everybody's volume is dead except BitMEX's. I think it's because the 100x leverage and yeah, just leverage is nice. We can't do it here in the states, but I wish I had a fake well, passport know, or something. That VPN though, dog, fifty percent off lifetime VPN code. Heart. They don't Link. do KYC kind of stuff, or no, at all. There's no personal oh. information required. When you sign up, you literally just give whatever name you want, and that's it. Oh shoot! Damn, yeah. I've missed out. Damn, yeah. Arthur. Yeah. Damn, Arthur. Where you been at talking about that on CNBC? Your lack of KYC. Yeah, he's well, popular he here. He doesn't States. have to. I mean, he doesn't touch fiat, and he abides by the rules of Seychelles, and that's it. That you know, it, you, it's all settled in Bitcoin, and they have a real cold wallet. You can only withdraw once a day. It's not a bullshit cold wallet. That's actually hot. It's never been hacked. Um, it's legit, dude. Yeah. So you got very few exchanges that haven't been hacked that have been around for a while, yeah. or had some sort of drama <laughs> surrounding hacks. Or, Even or Binance kind million, of did. Yeah. Or fifty million dollar stacked touching each other bid and ask like you could buy or depending on like when you're executing your order you could buy or sell 50 million dollars of bitcoin and move the price like a penny half half a penny well half a dollar their minimum tick is 0.5 now they did it to like wow. get more bandwidth out of their system the, the order book's so thick like it used to be you could just like i used to be able to move the fucking order book because the orders are big but like now you can't move the order book it's just gigantic like you, it's so fucking thick. You you have to you have to sell like twenty million to move it like three bucks. It's wow, I'm gonna continue with the questions we have since yeah. we have quite a few of them. But thank yeah. you, those, those are great answers so far. So have you recovered uh, from your mel- your meltdown earlier this year? Well, I guess it kind of relates. Right, to us, I melted yeah. down at eighty five hundred. Price is eight thousand. Okay, I was right. It was the bear market. So once you end up being right, then it's, it feels better to have been right early i guess you know the maximum profit you missed out on my meltdown was we had a bounce to 11.7 at after but we also dipped down to uh 58.55 so i was much more right than wrong um so i'm, I'm okay with that yeah so you got over it pretty quick you recovered quickly so uh, any I, it thoughts took a couple on months dude yeah. truthfully like a few months yeah yeah because i was the bitcoin maximalist guy and then i'm like well fuck actually like, identity loss <laughs> Actually, you have to use Monero to pay your employees because you, you, you don't want to mix your coins with crappy coins and you don't want your employees to know how many coins you have, so you have to use Monero. Oh, and, you know, um, it, there's just stuff you can't do with Bitcoin. Like, oh, the, remember when the fees were $60 to send a single mm-hmm. transaction? Yeah. That sucks. Like, it just, you have to get with the times, dude. There's some things about it which suck. Yeah. Um, for sure. So any thoughts on whether Zcash can become the Swiss bank account of the future? And if so, how? Since you referred to Monero, I guess it kind sure. of relates. Yeah, Zcash is still garbage. Um, less than 3% of Zcash addresses uses the anonymity feature, which they call shielding, 
It's actually just a fork of Bitcoin, so you know. It uses the Bitcoin client, uses the Bitcoin addressing system. Um, you know, it's it's a joke, and they pay 20% of every block to the founders who just dump on you, which is why part of why the price sucks. So if you like a, a, a coin that has 20% founders tax and no actual anonymity where only 3% of coins are shielded, I guess you could use that coin or you could just use Monero, which is fairly launched and doesn't have a founders tax and I think has better bit ass spreads, but don't quote me on it. Um, yeah, I don't like Zcash and I never have. Now maybe yeah, one kinda, day it'll be good, but it's it's hard to use, man. I I tried to when when it first came out. I was mining it literally the day it came out. Me the too. minute it came out, I literally set up like a rig. Yeah, and and I try to do these shielded transactions. Fees are huge. It used to take half an hour to create these transactions, and it was expensive. I think they've made some fixes since then, but it it wasn't you it wasn't you it was hardly usable anyway. Yeah. 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 So uh, somebody wants to know actually how much. Bitcoin do they need to retire? I mean, you're still kind of a, a big Bitcoin supporter on the inside. We're just in a in bear so, market. But yeah. What do you I mean, if you if you make 75 grand a year, um, studies show that you've reached your like maximum efficient happiness. Less will make you less happy, but more won't make you much happier. So if you assume Bitcoin goes up on average, I don't know, 30% a year, just throwing a number out there. You know, you need what, 210 grand over some long period of time to get 70 grand out per year. So, I mean, in theory, if you had 210 grand of Bitcoin and, and were able to eat through the volatility of like peaks and dips and just hold your winning earnings to last you through the bear markets, sure, maybe maybe quarter million you could retire on if you were reasonable with your expenditure. It's just... Human beings are so bad at dealing with a giant, giant stack of money leaning on them that most people will just get wrecked. They'll just spend too much, and then the bear market will come, and then they'll be wiped out. And they'll have whatever they bought, which is nice. I mean, wouldn't it have been nice to have been a, a person with no self-control that bought a Lambo at 20K? It's like, fuck it, it's 20K, and buying a Lambo. Yeah, he did better than all us idiot holders, you know, holding it down yeah. to 58, 55 two months later oopsie right so there's something to be said with highly volatile things to like take some off the table yeah that's fair uh so what what what's the best strategy for new people getting into crypto richard that may or may not have lost their shirt recently due to grow recently to grow a meaningful stack at minimal risk of getting wrecked in the world of crypto cryptoomics he said don't buy the top don't chase a pump wait for a dump if you know this stuff always dumps 40%, why not just wait for the 40% dump? Wait for the FUD. You know it's going to happen. You know the FUD's going to come. Look at the chart. You know there's going to be a 40% dip. Buy that, right? And you know we're already like, what, 70% off of the cap? So let's say we're at 8K now, which is 12K from 20, which makes it a 60% drop. Um, that's not bad. I think you could buy it cheaper. I do, you know, and if we break 10K and, and like break 12K, all right, fine. Like maybe wait for the retest and, and buy that, buy, buy the dip, right? That's the saying, but you know, don't be in a rush. Like you, we just had bear market for seven months, wait another six months, unless the chart does something crazy. 
And I'll give you, I came up with a cool idea. Maybe you think this is cool. Mm -hmm. So if my fork turns out to be super duper value, valuable, which it's kind of structured to be, then you could get a lot of these fork coins for free using this tactic. You can tell me what you think about it. You buy more Bitcoin than you're used to buying on exchange. You over, over buy it. You take the possession of the coin, but you cancel out the risk of having so much extra coin by opening up a short position at the same time, hedging it, canceling out the risk. So now let's say you have a million, I'm just throwing this number out there. Let's say you have a million dollars of Bitcoin and you have a million dollars short position open. You're, you basically don't have any Bitcoin price risk. You just have counterparty risk, which, you know, like BitMEX, they've never been hacked. It should be fine. As long as you did that for the one 10 minute block where we snapshotted, you just got all those coins for free. And then you just unwind your positions. You just resell the coins you bought and close your short. And you'd paid like 0. 0.000 something percent, like some tiny, tiny sliver to be exposed to counterparty risk for like that tiny little amount of time. And you just got all these free tokens in the airdrop because you're in the snapshot. That seems like a good idea to get free profit because like you didn't pay anything for those coins. They can only go up, like you got them for free. Like the percentage returns you get on stuff you get for free are thousands of percent. It'll cost you maybe 30 cents to claim it. I do want to remind people that it's not financial advice for sure. <laughs> Just uh, to, yeah, yeah. to put not that out there. Not a registered financial advisor. Do your own research. You yeah, know. but you're, you're onto something. A lot of people do that kind of thing. Uh, they take that opposite end as well. They go long and short to, to minimize risk. Coins. That's a good point. You get free coins. You get a yeah, free so you airdrop. you want to talk about that? What, what kind of coins are you talking about? What's your project um, look uh, like? And it's yeah, an airdrop? Sure. So I took, I took the, the Bitcoin UTXO set, which is just like basically all the people that have Bitcoin, and we copy it, snapshot it, remove the Mt. Gox addresses so they can't dump on us. We don't like those people. Penalize the whales. If you have over 1,000 coins to 10,000 You get a 75% coins. penalty, right? If you right. Have, if you, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Like if you're too stupid as a whale to like split your coins up to like get past my filter, if you're a stupid whale, it's called the stupid whale penalty, then you just lose 75% of your stack. You can't dump on us, right? There's no advantage to having like some big exchange that doesn't care about your project, hold a bunch of your coin to dump on you later for fun. Screw that. Like how did they add to the ecosystem, right? So we take the UTXO set, we apply the stupid whale penalty, we remove the Mt. Gox addresses. And now if you have a Bitcoin, you get a Bitcoin hex. But if you get it early, you get 10% more. If you refer somebody, you get 5% more. If you refer yourself, you get 5% more. And then every week, or every 10 days, I have to look at the contract. Um, all the people that didn't claim their coins lose 2% of their stack that the people that did. And you only get those bonuses if your coins are locked up so that you can't sell them. They're just locked in the smart contract. And if you get your lock in earlier, you get paid a higher interest rate. So like every single thing is built so that the early adopters get a lot and the people that get late get screwed. And that metric of, of not being able to claim later, like you could claim your Bcash whenever you want. Like if you had Bitcoin at the, the snapshot, the fork day, you could claim your, your Bcash whenever you want and dump it, right? Like Satoshi could come and just dump the Bcash market whenever. But in my project, after 50 weeks, can't nobody dump anymore. All their coins are gone. Satoshi's coins are gone. They were given to the people that claimed, unless he claims, which was fine. I'm not sure he will. I think he's dead. But Satoshi, if you're watching, you can claim your Bitcoin hex. I don't mind. Just split it into groups of 1,000 so you don't eat the stupid whale penalty. Um, 999 actually what else 
There's just, I so, put in every game theory thing I could to make it work. If more people adopt it, the bonuses get larger. If you lock up for a longer time, the, the payments get larger. It's awesome. Like I put in every game theory thing I could to reward early adopters. And then if everyone, if everyone tries to do what the early adopter does, the reward's lower. So if everyone starts staking their coins and like increasing inflation, it massively drops the reward for new stakers by like 10x pretty much. It's, it's cool. I really like the project. Yeah, and how did you come to that? Because before you were you were a Bitcoin maximalist hardcore, like you were the face of it after Tone Vase, I would say. You you were up there. You were one of the hardcore boys. And yep. suddenly it was it was just such a switch during Ivan on Tech's channel is where I first heard about it uh, when when you said that, no, you know what? I'm actually not a maximalist anymore. I actually, you know what? I'm kind of joining the, the wagon of, you know, if everybody's making money with these coins, why can't, why shouldn't I make my own? So is that so, kind of how it came to be or how did the idea come to be? When you tell enough people not to buy Ethereum and they all hate you because you robbed them of their mad gains, you have to like relook at the advice that you give people. So you may be technically correct that Ethereum is more risky and gets hacked more often, but the people that bought that more risky thing made more money than you in a shorter time. So I held Bitcoin from 2011 onward and I didn't make as high returns as people that bought Ethereum and held for a year or two. It pissed me off. And it pissed off everyone that took my advice and didn't get along that stuff back when it was really, really cheap. And so if you don't want to like wreck your followers or, or like give bad advice, you kind of need to update your worldview. And you know, if you keep saying to everybody, ICOs are garbage, ICOs are garbage, but the people that play that game make mad gains, you should at least append that knowledge to your advice, right? You should at least say, look, these things shouldn't work. They suck. They're bad business ideas done by the wrong teams with the wrong incentive structure. But if you got in early enough, you're going to get like mad, crazy returns. But if you get in late, you're going to get wrecked. Like you're the guy that made the returns for the other people. You have to include that last part, right? Or else you're, you're screwing people over. You know, you're telling them that the project's terrible. But then if they had done the opposite of your advice, they would have been more financially enriched. Yeah. So Sorry, not, one moment. My, my dog is like barking to leave real quick. Whining. Sure. You can keep talking. I'll just sure. join in and listen right. just like everybody yeah. else. So, you know, if, if you're giving people advice that isn't maximally beneficial to them, you really should stop and, and re-look at your worldview and try and get the advice you give to, to give people maximum benefit and maximum result. And so as much as I hate ICOs, I, I think that the only way to kill them is with better ICOs, with better business models. Complaining to regulators doesn't work. Trying to convince noobs not to be noobs doesn't work. These things pump like crazy. So what can you do? You can't even short them. And if you do short them, you get wrecked. The only thing you can do is make better projects. Um, I think that marketing good projects is the only way to kill off bad projects. Um, and as far as like alternate currencies go, if none of these things are adopted anyway, and the most interesting component of any of these things is their speculative value, then what matters most about a currency is that it goes up in price and you win the speculative game with it. So a lot of things that shouldn't matter do, like, like how many coins are locked up, right? So if it's true that these are all ticker symbols or numbers on a roulette wheel and everyone wants to see which one can speculate the hardest to win the real actual useful good long-term currency Bitcoin or whatever, then pumpamentals matters more than fundamentals um, a lot of the time. As long as you're not buying top, you know, it's just math. I mean, can Bitcoin 10X right now? Can it go to 80,000? 
sure. But, you know, are you more likely to see a 10x on the coin that you got for free? Yeah, you just are. That's just how math works, dude. It's much easier for a small thing to do a 10x than an absolutely gigantic largest thing in the whole crypto ecosystem. So my, my original change was like, oh, God, I have to use Monero to pay people. And then it's like, oh, these other things are actually utility. And then it's like, oh, the followers could have made more money. And not that I'm giving financial advice, but you get the idea. Um, we put that out of the way. You can you can yeah. give whatever. And then, it's, and then it's just like, at some point, you're like, all right, I can't pretend, I can't do the maximalism thing anymore. I mean, still should talk crap coins, but guess what? They hold their value. So you're like, okay, like why isn't IOTA dead yet? Function Network doesn't function. Developers literally like attack actual cryptographers that actually do that for a living. Like, why is it worth still, so much money still? And if you... Yeah, you were pissed about it because you couldn't generate a paper wallet. I think you can now. No, though. I can't. Like that's that is not why I was pissed because no. <laughs> I I that's it. Like because I'm a smart guy and can generate a wallet myself, that should give me competitive advantage, and it should be, it should make it an artificially depressed price, and then when they fix it, it should go up. That's not why I hate it. I hate it for the reason that it just doesn't function and, and never will function, and, and it's a terrible business idea anyway. Machine economy. There's not a machine economy. Nobody's machines are trying to spend money without a human checking over them. It's not a thing. It doesn't exist. Retarded. Like, so stupid. Hey, did you see a drone flying around delivering something today? No, you fucking didn't. It's not a thing yet. It's probably not going to be a thing for a good while. Stop pretending it is and, like, building out for it. Like, it's retarded. Use the Lightning Network. It works better. Like, anyway. So my point is, like, if, if your worldview doesn't account for that project being worth billions of dollars... You need to stop just shit talking and just accept that stupid ideas become worth a lot of money and make that part of your worldview and, and update your worldview, you know? Yeah, but you you had, I'm sure, some negative things to say about Ethereum before. How come those I don't still hold, do. hold true? I leave yeah? my site up. I, may, I wrote an essay on how shitty Ethereum is, and it's all true. It, it will always be attacked more. It has more tax surface. Um, you know, it it gives you maximum rope to hang yourself with. However, all the things that suck about it, you can route around a lot of them by just using the smallest sliver of it possible that has already been tested the most, which is the ERC-20 part, which is what we're using, the one where you just make new tokens. If you do anything above and beyond that, you open yourself up to tons more risk. So Ethereum sucks in all the ways I've always described. You just, if you want to get an exchange and have huge wallet support and have you know, good, good ways to build new stuff, that's the only game in town really. And I like my project. I like trustless interest. I like that you can lock up your tokens and get interest without a counterparty. That's great. That should exist, right? You can do it at a bank. You lock up your money, you give your return. We just do it with a smart contract with only public functions. There's no magic numbers. There's no ability to turn it off. It's all public functions. That should exist. And I'm paying dearly to developers to build it. And I couldn't do it with Bitcoin. So it's about that easy. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, people are saying they're getting depressed, man. You're being kind of bearish Why? for them. Just wait know, six months, you you crybaby little bitches. Just wait six months and we'll pump again. And it'll be bull run. And it'll be full gifs to the moon like hell. I mean, what, what's the big deal? Just wait, dude. We're going to have to get you is... back on when you're in a bullish mood, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me see here. Okay, so... Um, silly question okay actually people are asking a lot what do you think about side chains so that's one i've seen a bunch of times that, that people are interested are those going to make uh bitcoin like maybe even the core side of it less relevant 
What, what's your position I, on sidechains? I've been begging and crying for Bitcoin Core to do sidechainy, tokeny, allow others to launch their tokens on it kind of stuff, which drive chains and sidechains and all these other things would help occur. And then people would have a reason to launch their tokens on the Bitcoin ecosystem instead of the Ethereum one. But there's no progress. Rootstock sucks. And they have a founder's tax as well. I think they take 20% of every block. Uh, that's like Bitcoin's version of Ethereum on, on Bitcoin. Drive chain's never going to happen. Um, the dude that's in charge of it, Paul Sports, he, uh, Paul Stortz, he uh, can't, can't get the developers to even interact with him to like go over the, the very hard and verbose work that he does. Um, and then the chance of having a hard fork to get the opcodes put in that he wants to kind of make it work. It's just not happening. I mean, I've been begging for drive chains and side chains to be a thing since it would have pumped my BTC bags, right? And, and got some of that sweet launch new tokens uh, on this other network kind of stuff going. It's just not happening, you know? That's um, fair. I mean, I, I, feel, I was a little bit upset about Rootstock at first too, and I'm not trying to be negative at all, but I mean, like the, the, the tax that was added came significantly after we were all excited about Rootstock's potential. And I think that's what kind of made it fail if you could say or be let get less traction for so sure why why would i why would i launch my token on fake ethereum on the bitcoin network when i can launch it on real ethereum with better support why would i want to beta test a new network no like why no it's stupid um yeah by the way, somebody refutes, uh, actually Brandon here says, IOTA is so much more than what Richard describes. Remember when he said the worst wallet? Ask him if he's seen Trinity or stayed up to date on the Ledger Nano S integration. I don't know if you yeah, follow that. Yeah, let me tell you what's going on with, uh, with uh, IOTA right now. People decided to actually abuse its shittiness and abuse its lack of consensus functionality to start side-chaining the real network to sub-networks and now there's multiple real networks. And then your little node can't figure out where to stick its real transaction. and can't figure out which transactions happened first, things along that line. And so when you look at a visual graph of what's happening to the, the tangle, which is their directed acyclic graph, uh, there's a side tangle now. And I think there's more side tangles because their choice of consensus mechanism is garbage and their tech sucks. So it's and, like a, a fork that happened within their network that created right. two different tangles? Right. And I think that the tangles have subtangles too. And you just can't, you can't do business on something that doesn't have a single immutable ledger, which is the whole game. The whole game of a blockchain is to have a single immutable ledger that everyone can trust. If you have sign tangles, you can't trust that you're on the right one. Like, how do you know you're on the right one? Oh, you're the decider, the human? Okay, well, you just broke the whole thing. Like, that's... Just run a SQL database and now you're the decider and it has infinite transaction scalability and you're Amazon now. Like, it's stupid. Yeah. No one cares because you know, yeah. it just holds their value. So, Yeah, if, that, if that's true, then I can see that being pretty detrimental for sure. And even trying to get consensus after it's already split up sounds like an impossibility unless you created some sort of, I don't know how you, again, like how you'd figure out what the real chain is. So that, that can be pretty it, bad. It doesn't matter because no one actually uses this stupid shit for anything except turning it back into fiat or Bitcoin on an exchange. That's the only utility it has. Yeah. You cannot buy a fucking thing with it. It is just a speculative thing. So it doesn't um, need a utility. It doesn't need a functioning network. The price didn't go down when the network stopped working because no one needs to actually sell it. They're just happy to sit there and, and 
please Ponzi keep going. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, uh, actually before I get into that, Adam had a question about what happened and I have no idea what this is about. What happened between you and Chris DeRose? What's that about? What went down? No comment. No comment. So you're in life. You have like two options to deal with trolls. You can either reward trolls by being shitty and giving them press, or you can just ghost them. I do the ghost thing. If you troll me, you get nothing. It's yeah. like you don't exist. That's so I don't get okay, trolled that much. So it was a kind of trolling situation. I, I, I won't know. I guess we, people can look that up themselves if they want to, I guess, figure out for themselves what happened. But uh, what it, the Blockchain Authority wants to know, what are your thoughts on EOS and Cardano? Now, you're saying you don't want to you know, battle test a new network, so maybe that's why you didn't put it on EOS. But what do you think? Are you negative about it? Positive? It's just, it's just a Cardano? different... So I don't know much about Cardano. I know EOS is just a federated uh, choice. They're just like, okay, we want more throughput, so now we have 21 voters. Cool, okay. So now the government like shuts down 21 things and your project stops. Okay, if that's what you want. If you want more throughput and nobody needs to have gigantic government shuts you down risk, go ahead, right? <coughs> I'll get rid of the stupid cough. If you go out a lot and you yell a lot in the club, lose your voice, dude. Um, and followers, apparently, if you post about yeah. going to the club. Yeah, apparently some people just want their mad gains. They don't want to see pictures of you flopping around on the dance floor. Can't blame them. Um, <laughs> I don't know, if Vitalik, if Vitalik started posting dance videos himself, I'd probably follow with extra accounts just to reward him, you know? I guess it depends <laughs> on the moves. We gotta, yeah, we gotta right? get you some new moves, man. Maybe. So like, uh, dude, I, I got front flip videos, dog. Front roll, cheater rolls, whatever. So. Damn. Um, if, uh, if you want federated more throughput for censorship trade, go ahead, play an EOS, fine, whatever, it's fine. If you want, I, I don't even have any idea what Cardano does, like, I, whatever. None of these things has adoption, I just don't care. Like, they don't, great, another new way to build stuff that no one's going to use. Awesome. But devil's advocate to what you're saying, though, technically, if some of them started getting taken down by governments, I mean, that would leak and they would just vote in a new block producer. So they kind of tried to figure out a way. You, to, think, you to, think that people are going to line up to be a block producer when the last guy did 20 or 30 years for violating some rule of which there are many they could choose from, right? Maybe I'm not going to list them, but let me just tell you that a creative prosecutor will will make you accept a plea bargain. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. I mean, because people want to vote in block producers who are more public figures, people that they can trust, people who have been supported. So even if you were to supposed to, like be an your anonymous, by the way, your voting producer. doesn't matter because the like eight accounts hold enough coins to win every vote. So you actually don't matter. Your vote actually doesn't matter. It's a complete fucking farce. So if you if you want the twenty one block producers with the eight guys that actually control the votes. Go ahead, dude. I mean, that's your choice, right? If yeah. it never what gets attacked, maybe it's fine. What do you think about Litecoin? I don't know. It's a, it's a good test bed for new stuff. It got SegWit before Bitcoin did. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. I think it had atomic cross swaps before Bitcoin did. So, like, fine. Go for it, dude. I mean, like, any, any of these tokens that serves and has liquidity and doesn't get hacked at its, like, root level has utility for liquidity and, and moving coins between exchanges and such. I don't have a problem with that. And they're not stealing miners from Bitcoin. They don't use SHA-256, they use S-Crypt, so works for me, dude. I don't mind it. 
Yeah, but you're you're also kind of against mining in general a little bit with your coin. Like you you talked well, about. We don't have that. any mining. Oh yeah, so like my coin, there's no. So like you pay miners with inflation to to keep your network secure. We're just piggybacked on ETH. So after 50 weeks, there's no inflation. The only inflation comes from people that locked up their coins and made them unusable. Um, any coin that gets mined, you have risk of network forks. You have inflation from paying them block rewards to do the security. And uh, they also can screw with your transaction ordering too, which I guess that can happen in Ethereum as well. So you may have heard of one of these Ponzi scheme style things, which I won't promote that, you know, if you put money in. I'm actually interested. I thought, I thought it was interesting game theory. And as somebody who's interested yeah. in it too, I yeah. mean, like, do you, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk, you don't have to I won't name promote it. it. If you know what it is, great. If you don't know Fomo about 3D. it, that's fine. There you Proof go. of patterns. Whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> People are interested in it in the chat. Yeah. If you bake a game, so it, if you play that game, you're fucking retarded. Um, if you play that game, you are fucking retarded. Let me explain to you why. If your metric for win condition is last person to do a thing, and that metric is controlled by the miners, then a miner gets to decide who wins. So back when ICOs were a thing, and they had caps on getting in early, miners would front run everyone else's transactions, not process them and stick theirs in front, because they can do that. That's what miners can do. They get to decide who gets transactions get in, and whose transactions do not. So if you play a game where the miners get to decide who wins, let me guess, the winner won't be you. It will be the miner. So you're playing a game that the miners get to decide who wins, but you're too stupid to know that because you don't understand how blockchains work. And you don't understand that the miners aren't friendly and they will fuck you. So if you, if you play a game that, like that game you mentioned, where the winner is the last person to do a thing, that last person will be a miner and you're probably not one. So you're But they, they would have to collude in order to make that happen, no? No, not really. Um, they would just need to be the lucky one. So if every miner is out to fuck you, it doesn't matter which miner fucked you. You don't really care which miner made you not win. You just know that you're not a member of the set of people that were like, we're going to win. One of the miners will fuck you um, because they're not stupid, right? Like seems, they're not, it seems difficult though, because like this game has 24 hours basically. And every time somebody tries to be the last, the last person to put money in, it resets the timer. And we've seen the timer not really stray past 24 hours before like the last person wins. So um, the, it well, seems to me like... In which case, like, then you're joining a game where there's never a winner. I mean, that's the other option. Either one of them doesn't seem like a great condition. Like Yeah, well, that's why they added the other part of it where you get dividends as more people put money in and reinvest it as, a, as like a secondary game theory element to it. Here's what I know. If you, if you get my token for free, pretty hard to lose money. If you buy a Ponzi that has already had total and complete uh, attacks on its smart contract, so that interest paying function, the airdrop function of it has already been 100% hacked. So 2% of the value of that contract is already 100% hacked. Um, and you can go on ftrader.reddit.com and it was a top thread there yesterday, the day before, if you wanna execute the attack yourself. Um, and this isn't the first time they've had to redeploy their entire contract. So their team of contract devs have had to redeploy their contracts several times. Um, if you, if you want to buy the top and get into something that's risky as fuck, you're, you're gambling, like hard gambling. Um, I, I don't know what you could invest in that is more risky, pretty much. 
I, yeah, I, I mean, I see the smart contracts to be the, the scariest thing because if something was to come out, kind of like we saw the locked up ether that was locked up after the, after the parity issues, the multi-sig right. wallets, then that would kind of suck, especially if the game has been going on for a long time. They have substantial amounts of ether, and the community right. wants the hard fork to to make that contract null, and everybody loses money. Or where does that money go? Do they just like, delete it? Like, what, what do they? Like do? I can explain to you the attack that already occurred on their contract. So, basically, there was. They were doing random number generation on the blockchain, which apparently is risky for some reason. And then th there was a way that you could submit, like deterministically, a bunch of attempts at winning and then only actually execute the ones that were guaranteed to win. And then as long as your cost and gas and whatever other thing you had to input uh, was lower than the win condition, then you would just make your own smart contract, rob their smart contract over and over and over again. And then people basically improved on the way they were robbing their smart contract um, by running their code differently. So that like the failure that their contract had, the, the just team contract, it was not the result of something upstream. It was their own coding fault, right? So. It, you know, they tried to say, oh, well, this wasn't well-documented behavior, but it was. It was well-documented enough. So, I mean, this team has already lost money multiple times. I don't know why you would have certainty that they wouldn't do it again. They haven't even gone through an audit. So my contract, you know, is going to be delayed by a month just for the audit to get the world's smartest smart contract devs to go through it and make sure that there's no bugs, right? So we do our own complete test coverage with linting and um, fuzzing the contract to make sure that every single possible state results in stable outcome. They didn't do that, obviously. So if you, you're putting your you're putting your money in some place where intelligent people will screw up and lose money because this stuff is really super hard. If you make an advanced smart contract and you don't have it audited and you don't fuzz it and you don't lint it and you don't have uh, smarter people than you look it over you're going to get fucking hacked. You are. So it, I, I just guarantee there's more attack surface there that's unexploited. Yeah, I mean, the the, the developer who put that on, on the Ethereum Reddits, Peter S., I, I don't know what his last name, how to pronounce it, he he, he talked about that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it could be that possibly, I mean, it's thousands of lines of code that was holding like $12 million at the time he put this out there. And that definitely makes it, pretty complicated when you look at some of the other smart contracts that can do quite a bit but they're a lot simpler so i mean with this nasa technology for sure you need to get the world's best auditors ideally and they said they had like 10 audits but uh I, I have yet to see Bull what, these shit. Audits were. what like name drop them like your audits is useful as the name attached to it period or show me the test results like i don't buy that shit yeah that's fair um Okay, let me continue here. Let's move past uh, that one. Uh, so who would win in a fight, wants to know Bob England, uh, between you and Veer in the MMA? I, I can throw a good punch, and Veer's a black belt. He'd rape me. So I did three years of martial arts. I did American Kempo, and we did some past the guard, uh, lock flow, small circuit jiu-jitsu stuff. I'm pretty sure Roger Ver would rape me. I'd have like a 3 or 4% chance. I hit him with a decent strike, stun him. But even like black belts, they <laughs> fucking train all the time, dude. Like, I think I'd be three percent chance to win it. Yeah, that's not that's not bad. That that's a ch there's a chance that you'd win. I wonder who's the bigger I throw guy. I punch, dude. But I mean, 
if you train, that's what you're used to. You're like, yeah, haha, you, you, we train against that. So like, yeah, Kempo's not bad. And it's all about like, I mean, momentum, right? Like if you throw a miss swing, regardless of how small it could be, he could still yeah. probably kick your butt. Yeah. I mean, look, even if you connect, you're like, oh, well, it didn't hit as hard as I needed. It grazed, it glanced. It's super hard to hit moving target, dude. Try, try hitting someone that's moving sometime. It's hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. Especially if they know how to move. That's mm. fair. So, so why why Bitcoin is the hail to the king despite ETF price manipulation, hex, CFD, and your experience as a forking coder? A forking coder. <laughs> um, so our our fork is totally different than any other fork because we're just literally not using any Bitcoin code at all. The only thing we're forking is the holders, the UTXO, the, the people that hold it. So like we don't have block sizes. We don't have uh, block timing. We don't have any of the, the stuff that normal forks have to deal with. We don't have 51% attacks. Um, that's nice. That's all upside. What other block, what other Bitcoin forks have to deal with is a fucking nightmare. Like if you go on bitcoinx.com, I wrote basically a little essay about how fucked up other Bitcoin forks are. You see them get attacked all the time. So Bitcoin gold got attacked, 51% attacked, because you can rent the hash power I won't name drop where you can rent hash power, but you can, um, you know, so being a smart contract version of Bitcoin is nicer from that perspective that you're not worried about 51% attacks or soft forks or hard forks or, you know, dev team or pushing out a new XEXE that screws people, right? Like fake wallets. None of that stuff is an issue, but it is an issue with all other forks. Um, CFD is like delayed until Bitcoin Hex is launched and happy. Um, it's just What's CFD? Very, I don't know well, what that is. So my buddy wrote a computational fluid dynamics program, which is super, super cool. However, um, it needs middleware built to like plug in with other stuff that people do their models in. And it needs a processing network behind it. And people need to be rewarded properly for joining that processing network. So picture like folding at home, but with a token or picture uh, Golem or Sonam, but with only CFD to start with, stuff like that. I delayed that because a lot of the stuff was relying on me and it was just, so if you, comp if you compete in CFD, your like total market cap is like lower than if you compete in currency. So Bitcoin hacks should have a larger market cap because it competes in currency than any DAP would normally have because currency appears to be more valuable in crypto than actual things that need adopted, right? Like CryptoKitties. CryptoKitties will always be worth less money than most crap coins because most crap coins get to be currencies and the kitties gets to be game and games aren't worth as much as currencies. So like what vertical you select matters. So I get, I get more, I get a better vertical with less work, with higher market cap. It's, it's just easier to do hex than the CFD coin. I still would love to take all the extra hashing power that's out there and, and put it to good work instead of useless work. So pr useful proof of work that like made the world a better place while burning electricity is better until more 51% attack happens. Like if more 51% attacks happen, then reducing your security by making it more affordable to do the attacks by being able to sell the useful productivity of the hashing, that would be a bigger problem. But right now, these things don't get attacked very often. And we are burning hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of electricity every year. Vitalik had a very good quote here. The amount of damage that had been done to the environment through the burning of electricity, through proof of work hashing, exceeds all of the hacks that have ever occurred in crypto combined 
by an order of 10. So burning this electricity, it is a huge cost. And if you're not getting the security that you think you need out of it, you might want to change your, your th not your threat model, but your response model to, to reduce your waste and, and be more efficient, which a useful so, proof of work would do. So how does it feel to still support Bitcoin, even though it is doing that damage uh, still, you know, like, would you want it to necessarily go the way of the birds and have Ethereum at the top or something else that is more environmentally friendly eventually, not that Ethereum is right now? Well, or if, is that, if Lightning, you know? then save money. Um, if uh, technological breakthrough with sharding or delegated proof of stake or normal proof of stake, if any of those things works, then we get progress. And even if we don't get progress, the existing system sucks so bad and is so expensive that our version of suck is not worse than their version of suck. So having a Brinks truck drive around with dudes running it and giant buildings full of accountants, and it, it's very expensive. So the only saving grace for the waste of crypto is the fact that the existing system sucks so bad. If the existing system doesn't suck so bad, then it would actually be a pretty crappy deal. Or there could be one other savior. If we have to solve energy anyway, um, and we have to do fusion and solar anyway, then we may accidentally solve that problem. I'm not sure that solution works though. I'm not sure cheaper energy actually solves the problem because you'll just use more cheap energy. There's a law that states that as things become cheaper, demand for them like goes up, not down, but I can't remember what the law is. It's yeah. not just normal supply and demand curve stuff. This is a different law that applies to it. It's like I told you earlier, like the demand for free storage is infinite. Something similar to that. Yeah, it's it's kind of related to supply and demand. I get what you're saying. Um, more people will fire up their rigs and that's going to increase security. But I mean, how much security is too much security eventually for Bitcoin? Right. I guess. I mean, if I'll put it to you this way, you already have to wait a ton of confirmations anyway. Like, People hate it when I'm bearish, and people hate it when I attack the fundamentals. But guess what, guys? I'm here to tell you the truth, not the sugar-coated bullshit that gets me more followers. I don't really care if I get more followers or I'd buy ads. If I wanted more followers, I'd put my little credit card in the little ad button and go buy more followers, right? Um, the truth of the matter is y using crypto sucks. Let's say that you go on an exchange and you want to turn your Bitcoin into Monero to pay someone. Let me tell you what that looks like. You load up your Bitcoin wallet. You wait for it to sync. You get the new address because you're not supposed to reuse addresses. Reduces your security. So you have to log into the exchange. You do your 2FA. You hope you don't have a new IP and have to click an extra button by email or some crap. Bitrix. Then you... Uh, Send your money and you wait. And for some reason, the amount of confirmations they make you wait, maybe it's three, maybe it's four, they always seem to be a confirmation behind. So it's really like five. If it's supposed to be four, it ends up being five somehow. So now you're in 50 minutes. If you've actually got 10 minute blocks, sometimes it takes an hour or two to get a block. Then you're in an hour and a half just to get your fucking coins on the exchange. Then you've got to use their user interface to, to actually try and perform a market sell, which some exchanges don't even have market sell. They just have limit sell. Have fun with that. And then now you finally have your Monero and you want to get your Monero out. 
Now you submit another transaction and wait for another three or four uh, confirmations for it to be in your wallet so that you can send it so that the person that receives it can wait three or four confirmations. You're like four or five hours in, dude. If you have Bitcoin and you need to exchange it and send somebody some Monero, that shit takes four or five hours, man. Yeah, and it's, then, it's really frustrating, rebalancing, absolutely. That's like a whole day affair. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, uh, what exchange rate are we using? Oh, they don't live in America, so they don't use dollar. So now do I use the shitcoin exchange rate on their weird currency pair to Monero? Or do I use like the dollar one and like convert from their weird currency to dollar and then use the larger liquidity dollar to crypto one? And then do I lock in the price when I sent or do I lock in the price when I should have sent? And then what happens is there's a big price move in the middle. Do we split the, the fuckage? Using, actually using crypto actually sucks. Um, just letting you know. Most of you guys don't actually use it, so you don't know shit from shit. Yeah. Um, okay. Happy cancellation. What? Got a comment. Happy cancellation of paperbacked BTC ETF gold 2.0. We don't need ETF or future market. Okay. Well, okay. We don't need new money. <laughs> well, you want the price to go up, dude? I, I want the price to go up, so I, I would like new money. Yeah, that would be nice. You need yeah, the price well, to go up for this shit to work. Like, we're not replacing the dollar unless the price goes up a lot, so... That's the game, dude. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, okay, I, this, this is an interesting one because you always do your videos in the same kind of location. So I think this is an important one, Richard. This is exciting. Right, but, we're ready. But I break it. Uh, I, I want to know, they say, why he sits on a throne. Where did he buy the throne? Was it expensive? Do they custom make thrones or did you just find one? Um, I have a very unique style. I like contrast and texture and opulence and depth. So if you, if you look at any royal palace or king's area or place where the most powerful in the world um, make decisions, they're usually red and gold, black and gold, chandeliered, Baroque. It's just how it is. And an outlier, an exception to that would be the White House, which has, you know, because it's a much more recent government, a much more recent design. So, you know, back in the old days, the people that controlled the world were often European or Chinese. And if you look at their color schemes and shapes and geometries that indicated this is the best there is and anything less than this is less. Like, that's what this stuff is, right? So crystals and gilded things and um, bright, powerful colors with gold it's a timeless expression of excellence, which you, you, can't, you can't beat it. So if you, if you try and do other genres of modernism with furniture or interior design, you could be different, but you can't be more baller. You can't cost more money. There's no more baller than, than crystals and gold gilded stuff. It's just every castle that you go through in the world that's what's in there for the most part. So, I mean, so you, why did you feel the need to like live in a castle and a throne and to feel that opulence? I mean, it just, does it help you? Well, if you like to look poor, then you could do that, right? I mean, like, you could, like, I buy, look, it's the Rolex that's in all the ads. The blue one, the Submariner that goes 300 meters. I don't even scuba dive, dude. I'm never going 300 meters ever unless my plane crashes and sinks. That's the only way I'm going 300 meters under the water. Why did I buy this one? I could have bought a Patek Philippe 
that looks like a Timex and costs eight times the money. I like when people know that I'm useful. I like signaling that I have utility. I like people to, when they look at me, not have to break their balls to figure out that I'm cool. So I like to dress better, have better production quality, con uh, production value, you know, um, have good posture, have good tonality, enunciate, speak to the back of the room, um, have good facial expression, you know, presentation is how you make other people feel good. And if you care about other, how, how other people feel, then you need to bring your A game and pluck your eyebrows and get a shower and get a tan and put on some perfume and, you know, start your collar and try and make an effort. Um, you know, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So once you realize fashion exists and once you realize presentation exists, it just becomes something to get good at, you know? Early in life, I didn't know this stuff existed. I wore a Led Zeppelin t-shirt every day to school. Every fucking day. Every day. Didn't get any dates. Turns out you can't wear the same band t-shirt every day to school. It's not uh, fashionable. <laughs> so, Maybe to one girl who loves Led Zeppelin as much as you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But she'd be... have to be a catch, you know, because it would have to go beyond the shirt eventually. And, you know, yeah. your pickings are going to be small at that point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. I mean, like, I was like, I've been listening to Jordan Peterson's book on, on Audible. And Jordan Peterson talks about this this phenomenon about lobsters when they lose a fight tend to re release less serotonin in the brain which gives them uh, like a slumped posture and they run away afterwards from fights yeah. and you know if you want to get a little bit more serotonin and, and feel better about yourself and i think the world is kind of a mirror it definitely reflects back to you what you give it and you know you carry yourself better with a little bit of respect so i, I can see that tying into this absolutely it, it yeah this stuff it works everywhere so the, the same things that, that make you attractive to women make you attractive in business. Like the, the same frame control and positivity and, you know, bringing value and, and caring about other people's feelings. That stuff works across your family, your friends, your lovers. It's really, really super, super useful. And if you've never tried to be a better person and, and, and make the people around you feel better, you should give it a shot. And if you want to make the people around you feel better, they're the ones that have to look at your ass. You're not staring in the mirror all day. They have to fucking look at you. Brush your teeth, scrape your tongue, you know, try and be a better person. Yeah. There's nothing more frustrating than being around like close to somebody with bad breath or having to smell them. The very least you could do is that for sure. So um, uh, let me see this. This is a question from Shao Bun Kun here in the live stream. The great. Are blockchains other than Bitcoin actually useful to go back to, to blockchain? Sure. What are the nice properties of a blockchain that is not as decentralized as Bitcoin and doesn't have its own hashing power? Well, they're just, <laughs> they're just different trade-offs, right? So if you, if you want higher throughput with lower security, if there's a tax, lower security. If there's not a tax, no security is fine. Um, I'm stretching the word fine, but you get the idea. If, if you want higher throughput or um, maybe you got in early and you just want to see that thing be more successful because you own so much of it, then uh, you know every blockchain provides immutability to some degree. Even if it gets 51% attacked, at least you were good up to the attack and had a good version of immutability to that point. You know. Um, if, if you want to pretend that other blockchains don't have value, you're not looking at the charts. I mean, if the most value a blockchain thing can have is that the price goes up, and it's all speculative anyway, you have to stop shit-talking things that go up. It's how it is, man. So if, if new blockchains go up, and that's all this stuff is mostly valuable for right now, 
all right, you know, just don't be the last guy in, I guess. Pumpamentals. So are we going to see a, a big dip because of CME? How do, how do futures tie in right now to the price of Bitcoin, even though they might not have that much volume? Do you think they, well, the they do affect up. it? The volume's yeah. going up. Um, you can't know. So like what everyone asks, they're like, all right, what if the stock markets crash? What's Bitcoin going to do? My prediction is going to go down like everything else and fiat will go up. That's my prediction. But maybe it goes the other way. Maybe it becomes a safe haven. Could happen, right? Um, and if not now, at some point in the future, it would make sense because it's cash and it's you know got really cool properties. So you can't predict what things are going to do until they kind of start to do them, right? It's like when you saw that we couldn't break 20k, you you could have known to open up a short there, right? You're like, oh, the decision's been made. An event occurred. They didn't buy the the they bought the rumor, sold the news. They didn't buy the news, so you know, you, you could have known to choose a direction after the event occurred. And the same thing applies with uh, ETF or rumors of, maybe we pump on ETF, maybe we dump on ETF. You don't know because you don't know how heavily everyone else got in beforehand, right? And that's the game. Like if people were waiting and didn't get in, okay, well, there's money left on the sidelines. If people are already long as shit and, and leveraged and there was no money left, well, how are you supposed to predict that? It's really hard to know those things just staring at a chart. I mean, what are your tools that you have? Some trend lines, some you know averages, some indicators, some Google search volume, maybe some chain analysis. Unless you've got an inside track at the exchange looking at their bank account, pretty hard to like make super accurate decisions with just that data, you know? Over a short time frame, over a longer time frame, it's a little bit easier. Yeah, it'll easier. be more useful if it actually lets ETFs pass because they exist now. <laughs> what if I mean, ETF we would passes least... and no one fucking buys it? Then we have the same thing again that we have with CME. It, it got passed. We got the CME. We got the biggest market in the world and price fucking died. So well, just more, getting more on a new market into, doesn't into, matter. People are more into stocks and ETFs and, and future, than understand options and puts and calls and all that, I feel like. Yeah, but I'll bet you I could find some ETFs that don't sell shit. Like, I bet you I can find some ETFs that are considered like failures. Probably. Like, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think that we get listed on an ETF and it's just like Pumpsville. I think it needs to be decided to be Pumpsville after it happens and then we can like go with it, you know? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be margin long into a fucking ETF is all I'm telling you. I'll, I'll, <laughs> like, I'm just not, not doing it. Like, next time I, I call a perfect you, top, you do I'm it, like not going to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, they, de they delay these things. I think they can delay it up to 280 days, these decisions. So if you're going to go along before the hearing, that might, that might be a terrible thing to do. Um, for sure. I mean, like, who who knows if it's going to actually pass or not? When, we might just get a 92-page paper saying it's denied for this reason, like yeah. today. Or, or, like, or Mount Gox guy could dump on us. Or Satoshi could spend one coin. If Satoshi spends a coin, watch what the price does, dude. You know, or, like, Ethereum could take over the fucking world or something. Like, there's a lot of ors, right? Like, you just kind of have to play it by ear. I feel pretty comfortable with, like, statements like, bear markets don't resolve themselves in seven months. That seems reasonable to me. You know, um, I'm not comfortable saying like, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to pump or dump if an ETF gets approved or denied. It's just way too, way too hard to know how the rest of the market like valued it going into it, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And I have a question here about Digibyte, DGB, F-150 is looking out for a bunch of people here in the chat because a lot of people are actually wondering what you think about it, if you think about it. What, what's up with DGB? I don't know. Apparently what they do is voting and I don't care what idiots vote. Like most people are idiots. Their votes are bad, 
and allowing them to execute their votes on a blockchain, I don't find useful. People are stupid. So like, oh, now, now the stupid people have more control. I don't want that. Like, how? How is that useful to me? They're not devs, so they can't help the network get stronger. They're, like, I don't, I don't see why that's useful. And what about uh, Ripple? What do you think about Ripple? Well, it's a centralized shitcoin that doesn't even really use a wallet. You just use their website. Well, what if their website goes down? Well, you can fuck yourself. I don't know why anyone likes that. I mean, the technology, Ripple Labs technology that banks play with uh, is completely unrelated to the XRP token. And if you want to read how unrelated it is, do feel free to read the many lawsuits suing them for being unregistered securities. And, you know, so they're trying to distance themselves from the coin, right, obviously. They're trying, right. They're like, please, XRP pump, but you know, we don't really care if it pumps, but please, please pump, please. But actually, whatever, we don't really care. You know, we, we're not even related to it. Like, what? Um, they're full of shit, you know? It's a big pre-mined shit coin. I think the founder owns like 60% of the coins or something. Yeah. And the rest are locked up in a, in a, in a contract. I think like something like 20% more at least that they can, you know, get after a few months or whatever, a certain amount every single month that they get, that they could sell. They have the option to sell like 150 million a month, something like if, that. If you look at the chart, when it goes down, boy, it goes down. And when it goes up, boy, it goes up. So I'm not a shitcoin guy, really. I, I don't, I don't know how to read shitcoin charts like a boss. Um, I got the Bitcoin chart pretty figured out. But these weird alts with their very weird like vertical die for a year or two vertical die for a year or two I'm not really used to that maybe my prime coin bag will uh will teach me how to handle that <laughs> <laughs> uh so, so we had uh, augur come out and augur created this prediction market whereby people can place a bet on a future event happening yep. or not happening and uh so there's this concern now going around about assassinations maybe somebody hates yep. you richard hart enough to create a bet yep. saying you know like he'll he'll mm -hmm. die or whatever yep. and it pumps up and then there's enough money in in that side of the bet that you know somebody will take it up almost like a bounty or put enough money behind it because they already wanted that to happen. So what do you think about these assassination markets? Do you think it'll work out like that? Or, I, I don't think know. it's a giant, giant problem. And like, it's like synthesizing DNA at home for kids. So angry kids get mad. They can't get laid. They try and hurt people. Right now they shoot 10, 20 people at a time. But when they can do DNA synthesis at home and make like their own little version of the bubonic plague, it's going to be worse. So there are things out there that do suck from technology, and, and this is one of those things. And I think you're going to need normal law enforcement to do normal, hard law enforcement work to, to fight those things becoming popular. Yeah, you might just end up with a more friendly world. Like, like if, if, if law enforcement can't combat those things well enough, you just may end up with a whole shitload of more friendly people because they're afraid of getting the shit killed out of them. <laughs> maybe, that would be the end of Richard progress Hart. for society. <laughs> that would be the end of Richard Hart, as we know Interesting. him. Interesting. I yeah. would, I would uh, uh, become a, a Buddhist monk at that point. Yeah. We'll wait for it then. I mean, these markets exist right now, Richard, so maybe it's time to start you know, reading up on how to probably how to should Probably should treat correct. them with the ghost protocol and, and, and not have the horror earlier than necessary. <laughs> I would add that to um, my like, not talk about list, probably. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Uh, I'm not going to ask that question. That's rude. <laughs> Spacebird. <laughs> hey, Omar, can you ask him about Chainlink? Do you know about Chainlink at all? Uh, I know they make fences out of Chainlink because they're <laughs> called Chainlink Fences. 
they're the ones that are trying to create an oracle, like the create oracles for Ethereum, where basically it's a decentralized system where anybody can plug in data um, in, in a more verifiable, work. decentralized way. Nah? It won't work. Everything gets Sybil attacked. Like, oh, we're going to trust this group of people. Oh, but the group of people got poisoned by these evil actors because it was profitable for them to do so. Oh, well, we'll just prevent it from getting poisoned. How? Being centralized. Central authority. Oh. You, like, Bitcoin's not fucking stupid. Like, a lot of the stuff that's not in Bitcoin isn't there because it doesn't fucking work. Like, it just doesn't work. So I, I don't think that they've solved oracles. I don't think anyone solved oracles. And I think if you do solve oracles, it's probably worth more than crypto. But we'll see. <laughs> the guy who asked that question from before said, hey, I paid good money. I know, sir, but we're not going to get anything out of that question. Should I ask it anyway? Did he ask probably. how big my tits are? Go ahead. Let's close. see it. Bring it's it. close. Bring it. How does, Ask Richard the feel, how does Richard feel about male lactation? Jeez. Um, I don't know. It's pretty rare. I think you have to have like <laughs> Klein filters or something. I, I read about it. Like you could have somebody suck on your tits for like three yeah. months and then eventually your body will release enough oxytocin to be like, hey, maybe this was a girl after all. Um, well, like there's, maybe you were a woman and then lactate. I know a lot about titty milk because I happen to like girls with titty milk, so... I know that you could have a, a drug called doperidome, I think it's called, or you could do that stimulation thing, or you could do both. There's been some Chan girls that like put out some great content for that stuff that were doing like that regimen of things. So I'm like, I'm an expert on female lactation, but not so much on dudes. Ah, uh, that's so. unfortunate. Well, I hope that helped answer a little bit, Brandon, of your question. Aaron uh, wants to know, is Neo a shit coin, I guess, in your eyes? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, didn't they copy paste their white paper or whatever and run their whole server set up on like 10 servers in some dude's office? Like, I don't know. Seems like a shit coin to me. But <laughs> there hey, you go. I mean, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. Uh, how about uh, Decred? And then I'll stop hammering you Isn't about specific projects right now. Oh, did I mix up the Decred and the Digibyte guys with their voting I bullshit? think you mixed up Tron. Wasn't that Tron who plagiarized? I don't know if it was. Like, Decred's I might have mixed up one. Tron and Neo, too. Yeah, I'm not a shitcoin guy, dude. They're all ew, they're all going to pump, and they've got partnerships, and guess what? No one uses any of this shit, so, like, I don't know. Which brand of shit that no one uses do you prefer? The Singapore brand? The China brand? The Taiwan brand? Which brand of no one's actually using any of this stuff do you prefer? Go, f go to town. Like... So in a, in a long bear market, just thinking about that, like, what do you think would survive besides besides Bitcoin at the bottom, or would like a lot of these shit coins die off? Do you think they'll still have no, some sort of market? Not survive. It's just a question of what price, right? I mean, I mean, like, well, delisting off exchanges, I would I would argue, is kind of death, depending where they have volume. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not an expert on it. I, I'm not familiar with how many coins get delisted. I'm not familiar with how crap coins do in bear markets, and I think that you can't be that familiar because like. The last time we had a big market, big bear market, there just wasn't this many crap coins, right? So like, I don't know. This is the one thing I'm not, I'm not qualified to speak to, is uh, what happens to all the crap coins? I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe they're um, maybe they've bottomed out, and so, so I'll, I'll give you a bullish thesis for crap coins. These hedge funds that are getting all this money are fucking retarded, and they really do weight their portfolios by market cap. And most of the market cap, or some large portion of it, is full of shitcoins. And so these fucking assholes that don't know anything about anything are buying up all these shitcoins, which is why the shitcoins pump with Bitcoin, because they are related to each other. They're actually fucking not, but okay. 
because these hedge fund idiots make them related, they are, on the price, I would prefer that when Bitcoin went up, shit coins didn't move because they aren't fucking related. Like, but there's so many of these hedge fund idiots that believe they are that they've made it so that I think that if and when Bitcoin finds its bottom, shit coins will pump because of I the mean, hedge fund idiots. But it, was it always the case? Because we've see, you're right. I mean, we've see, we see that, right? Like Bitcoin moves up and or, or like everything moves down at the same time, which is really annoying, frankly. Because yeah. if you get bad news for one major coin, like why does that affect the whole rest of the market? And yeah, I hadn't thought that maybe it's because of the funds getting in there. But this has been happening since sub $10 billion market cap, too. So I, I don't think the institutions were in just yet. Like, why was that happening back then? I still haven't figured that one out. Yeah, dude, I fucking would love to know. I'd love to be an exchange owner and just monitor my customers and be like, why do you fuckers act like this? And which tabs are you clicking first? And are you hovering over that sell button right now? I wonder if that's like actionable knowledge. Like, you know, like all the, all the shit that you could do if you had, you know, knowledge of, of the actual interface people are using to perform these trades. Or like even the Blockfolio app guy, like people are entering their trades into that app and that's phoning that shit home. So I hear that's good intel, you know? Um, I'm not sure how much utility he gets from seeing that aside from what's on the chart, right? Like, I, I would be curious what type of trading things you could do with better inside info. Yeah, that's fair. I have I the misfortune of not having any of those cool like levers to pull or look at. I'm sorry about that, man. But at least you have a beautiful throne room and it's fine, you know? I guess you get upgraded eventually. Maybe get some like nice antiques in the background. That might be I interesting. I have nice antiques in the background. Oh, shoot. Damn. Yeah, we got to get the, we got to zoom this, out a little this, bit. Uh, this cabinet behind me is from like 1700 something. It's made of Dang. real wood. <laughs> Should have done stuff. that. It's, it's got some weight to it, like I always it's say. It's just me. Uh, sorry. Related, I guess. Ben George has a question for you. I'm sorry. He says, how did, you, how did you become a billionaire? I didn't even I, know you were. Oh, well, you just noticed that no one ever checks units. And then you could just claim billionaire. As long, as long as no one ever asks you in what, it's true. So I'm not a billionaire in USD. That's fucking hard to do. <laughs> like, Damn. But so we're all trillionaires in Zimbabwe dollars? Exactly. Right. So since people are so stupid that they don't even give a shit what you're a billionaire in, I'll put that on my profile, dude. Billionaire. I'm a multimillionaire. But if I can just write billionaire instead, all right, guys, if that's what's up. I'm going to stick it there, dude. I did it there as a joke originally. And I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll leave it. That's yeah. so funny, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, that's fair. So uh, ask him with today's market. Okay. So you have a thousand bucks. Where do you put those in crypto assets? Uh, let me pump my bags. Let me think. Mm, what coins do I have? Mm. Free range. Um, so I think Bitcoin could show relative strength in a prolonged bear market. But the question is, how useful is low relative strength when the price keeps going fucking down? So you could make the case that you could average in 6K to 3K, maybe all your bids don't get hit, and just hold for a while. That could work. Or you could try and um, wait till, you know, more bottomish kind of stuff uh, and grab some crab coins, maybe. I'm not a crab coin expert. I own some prime coin. Um, there's development stuff going on with it. If they go ahead and do their fork thing, it should do magic stuff. Not sure what's going on with their dev team. You'd have to look into it. 
check it out if you're doing the crap coin thing check out xpm um i think my coin is going to be amazing you just have to wait for it to exist right now you can't buy it you can only get it for free and that will be down the road uh i think ripple is going to be dead for a while i'm not sure about all these icos holding so much ethereum they have bills to pay they have devs to pay they've got ads to buy it's expensive they'll have to continue to actually sell eth to to fund those activities so i'm probably not that bullish on eth um the core token mm, i mean look dude why rush i mean if if bear markets don't resolve in seven months what's the rush and if they're going to resolve in quicker than seven months well then at what price would you know that was happening 11k 12k right New, like higher highs higher local highs instead of lower highs so uh, you know i think you're asking the wrong question right now like a smarter question might be like what's the bounce to short look at the chart i mean that's what we've done for seven months so unless you've got some reason that we have to stop doing it right now why don't we just keep what we've been doing for seven months seems reasonable we yeah. had a 50 percent bounce and then we just died off of it so yeah, Matthew's going to sleep until we hit 12K, he said. So have a have a good night, bro. Um, okay, so I have four questions here that came from your Twitter. Um, so I, I'll just go through them. They're all pretty interesting, actually. I think people will like them. So Bitcoin price, medium to long term, your eyes. Higher. Um, you know, last bear market was 622 days. It's about 1.69 uh, years. And uh, let's just think that the market rhymes and let's think that we do something similar maybe shorter because more on ramps or maybe longer if futures leans on us instead of pumps us um and then let's start doing new all-time highs again which would take another about so that would be the bottom 622 days would be the bottom from peak to bottom and then let's figure another 622 to get to old all-time highs 20k and then we can do, you know, another 10x, go to 200k maybe on the next bull run. Why not? You know, a lot more on ramps. What would, what would be the biggest catalyst? You think the on ramps? ETF is about the only thing. ETF or, or shady people just actually dumping their Cayman Islands crap for, for Bitcoin are the only two things with enough actual dollar flow to, to move this large, large liquid thing. It really needs to be ETF or offshore people getting into it. I don't, I don't know of anything else because adoption is not happening. Like we're not getting actual users for actual transactions. That's not happening. It's like, oh, if Amazon starts using it, they're not like, oh, what, what, this shit's not happening. It's been around for nine years. No one's using it. So we need, we need people to use it as store value. So I really think it's just ETF or uh, offshoring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, lastly, what, 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 what um when can we expect this airdrop once this happening how can we participate what's your website how can people reach you if they're interested sure, sure. so you just go to bitcoinhex.com and you can see the progress we make every day on the smart contract at the github which is github.com forward slash bitcoin hex uh, right now we're in the testing phase so we're throwing all types of different variables against the contract to make sure that it's all sane and it all works the way it should so my i've got two devs pretty much full-time working on it now my lead dev, Kieran, is working on the UTXO tool and the interface that you use to use the UTXO tool to like, so you've got your coins, you tell it which coins are yours, it generates a statement for you, you use your wallet to sign the statement, and you send that to the Ethereum contract, and the contract goes, oh, you, do, you did really have those coins, cool. 
and gives you the tokens. So he's working on the UTXO side and the, and the user interface side. And then right now Cody is working on uh, making sure that everything is sane, all of the testing, test coverage, uh, some business logic stuff he had to rewrite because the results were just funky that he was getting. Um, those are the, and I just put a new guy on. I've got a third guy, Mark, who's uh, doing all our front end stuff. So we're redoing the front end for everything. So our like Facebook, like abbreviated snapshots of like when people link to the stuff on Facebook, they'll be clean and tight. And I'm probably gonna have a, maybe put a fourth guy on part-time just to do the shill kit. So since this is a referral network based and you can like make money by referring people, you've got to have a good shill kit, right? Here's good headlines. Here's good GIFs that are, you know, the right size for popular platforms, stuff like that. It's coming together, you know, it's like progress is being made. I'm very happy about it. Yeah, no, I'm really happy you didn't rush it because I know you started talking about it a while ago yeah. and you've been you've been doing your thing. Definitely audits to me are one of the most important things in the space. I think Cody needs a section on your website because I only saw Kieran on there. And yeah, so and I can get and, a spotlight. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add Mark and uh, Cody. I'm basically instead of redoing that site, I'm gonna let Mark add himself and Cody to Kieran and me on the site, um, and then you'll be able to see them all. So if you wanna look up Cody, his website's Cody Lamson, L-A-M-S-O-N. He uh, cool. has already been through and fully launched audited contracts through Consensus uh, audit systems. I think it's called Consensus Diligence. Um, he's super, super legit, smart dude. Um, and you can see yeah. the quality of his work on the GitHub. Well, thank you so much, Richard, for taking quite a bit of time for this interview. I think a lot of people did appreciate your answers and at least it gave some insight into what they should be thinking or doing or participating in. I mean, definitely you got some OG experience. I, I should bring. tell people to follow me on Twitter, right? Yeah. Follow me on Twitter, Richard Hartwin, and go on my YouTube, Richard Hart, and use my BitMEX shill link and get your Bitcoin hacks when it comes out and subscribe to crypto. He's got yeah, nice for you, for packs. You. Yeah, nice I, I do, I do, yeah, I do, I do, I do daily uh, videos on the news pretty much or whatever the heck I feel like doing. I, I drive around in a car talking to myself about crypto. Uh, I've been doing it for years, pretty much talking about economics as well as the singularity and blockchain being like the intermediary about that. And uh, I'll How be here find, for a while. How do I, too. since I'm streaming this on my channel too, we need to make yeah. sure everybody's got all your stuff. So, like, what's all? You, what's your Twitter? No, uh, it's Crypto's News. So, C R Y P T zero S Crypto's News. Okay. So you can follow me there. Um, pretty much, if you could just go to my YouTube channel, so C R Y P T zero description, you'll see everything there. And um, yeah, I try to keep this shill free, so I literally don't really take like the like i rarely do any sort of promotional material when i do it's all transparent that's how i roll i'm just i mean this isn't even my main thing either i have a lot else going on outside of this but i think most more than anything i'm just an enthusiast who's been in for a while and i always enjoy discussions with people like you or anybody else and i read all my comments so <laughs> i can get a, a tip hopefully on what's going on and just be a mirror for that to pass that forward oh just being yeah. join the telegram too i've got a strape this is like 5500 people in it T.me yeah, slash what's your, straight. It's like strawberry grape straight. T. Can you repeat it? Yeah. T.me forward slash strape, like strawberry grape, S T R A P E. Or yeah. street rape if you're not uh, as creative. <laughs> That's one way to remember it for sure. Well, take care, brother. Thank you, everybody Thanks, who's man. here in the chat, man. Like, we didn't get to reach everybody's question. There were a lot of them, but I think we hit some of the important ones, man. And I hope you have a great night. And, uh, no, party hard, but if you have an interview tomorrow, you know. 
Uh, keep it like today because you did a good job. Good talk, man. Ciao, bro. For sure. Take care, bro.